This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 8.33 on this Sunday morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, This is a heavy topic and it's a difficult one, but I want to open up the phone lines and get your take on this because it's been something I've been talking to people about Well, in the past, we've talked about it, but especially since this past Thursday. On Thursday morning, I was dispatched to to the courthouse in New Westminster. That's where we were expecting a guilty plea from convicted sex offender Raymond Lee Casey. He had been charged with the second-degree murder of 17-year-old Serena Vermeersh. Vermeersh was killed in September of 2014. Her body found near a set of railroad tracks in the East Newton neighborhood. Now, at the time of the death, and you might remember this, at the time of the death, we learned that Raymond Casey had been released. He had served his full sentence. He had been paroled after serving a 22-year sentence for a violent sexual assault. This is an assault that took place in Abbotsford, where a woman was taken A woman was taken from her workplace. She was raped. She was left tied to a tree. She was traumatized, to say the least. An absolutely horrific crime. He served the 22 years, the full 22 years, because when applying for parole, the parole board, rightly so, didn't release him because he had not shown remorse. He had not taken a sexual offender course in prison. He had not shown any signs of growth, of rehabilitation. In fact, according to parole board documents, he was very likely to reoffend. He was actually denied parole eight times because he was considered medium to high risk to reoffend. And that was right up until his the very end of that 22-year sentence. And this is a direct quote from the parole board. If you are released, you are likely to commit an offense causing the death of or serious harm of another person. And that was at the conclusion of his hearing in 2006. And in that uh, was noted several convictions for violent crimes and sexual assaults. At his 2007 hearing, you have a long history of sexually inappropriate and violent behavior dating back to your youth. We know he fought with prison officials while he was incarcerated. He was, in many cases, uh, in cases of violence, cases involving weapons. This is while he was serving his prison term. In the 2008 parole board report. In addition to your sexual deviancy, a major risk factor for you is your tendency to ruminate over perceived slights and fantasize about taking revenge. These uh, were documents that uh, were released after uh, he was suspected of other sexual assaults within the Matsqui institution. He was actually put in segregation during the end of his sentence because of his role in a a violent uh, attack, a prison plot uh, to attack a guard. And when he was released in 2013 in the final parole board report, there has been no change in the risk you present to the community. In fact, your serious institutional behavior over the past year has had a further negative impact on your case. Three months later, he was released to live in Surrey at the time, you might recall, there was outrage from people wanting to know why this high-risk offender was living in their community. And he was charged not long after. It was a week after the death of Serena Vermeersh. He was charged with second-degree murder. Uh, my thought on this, and I'm curious if you agree, 
Why was this violent offender released into the community at all? If this is not a case or was not a case for somebody to be deemed a dangerous offender, throw them in the clink and lock away, lock them away and throw away the key. If this is not a case for that, then what is? I think this is a case of the justice system completely failing, failing residents and more particularly failing 17-year-old Serena Vermeers, who was killed by this violent offender. Uh, At the time, we heard from politicians, the mayor of Surrey at the time, Diane Watts, talked about this. She tweeted about this, saying, uh, expressing her concerns, wondering why this was happening. And I don't understand. I really don't understand at what point the justice system really failed here. Was it Lawyers not asking for dangerous offender designation. Was it a judge not giving that designation? The parole board seems to have done everything it could. It kept this offender in prison for 22 years. That's an exceptionally long term for a sexual assault case. Should it have been longer? I think so. I don't think this man should ever have been released. He pleaded guilty to second-degree murder last Thursday. This coming Thursday, the family of Serena Vermeersh will have to, well... They don't have to be in the courtroom, but my guess is they are paying attention to this case. They will again find out what the parole eligibility for this man is. He's He was 43 at the time, so even if he's held in prison, second-degree murder comes with an automatic life sentence, but the difference between second and first is the parole eligibility can be shorter. Even if they hold this guy for 20 years, what is he, 65, when he's released, and then he's going to go off and kill somebody else? What is wrong with the system that this individual is not held, that this individual even has a glimpse of freedom in the future? I don't care if he's 65 or 68. It's still too soon. And we're talking about this case. At the same time, we are watching as family members in the Alan Schoenborn case are once again going through the motions of now knowing they are going to have to return every year, every time he applies for parole, because not only was he not designated a dangerous offender, we've now learned that the Crown will not appeal the court's dismissal dismissal of high-risk offender status for Alan Schoenborn. Here's a man who killed, he murdered his three children. And if you're of the on the side of saying, oh, well, he didn't know what he was doing, and prison is all about rehabilitation, we need to work on that, Fine. I don't agree with you. I think he should be declared a dangerous offender. I think he should not have any hope of getting out. But I want to know what you think about this. And if you agree with the people in Surrey and other places back in 2013 and 2014, when Raymond Casey was released, when he then went on to kill a 17-year-old, if you agree this was a failure of the justice system, I want to hear from you on this. I'm going to open up the phone lines, star 9898 on your cell phone, 604-280-9898, and one 399 is a free call for you. Uh, you'll probably recall back to this case as well. There was a big debate over electronic monitoring because in the case of Raymond Casey, there was no application made for him to be electronically monitored. He was being monitored by the, t- the group, uh, the group of law enforcement that has the sole job of keeping tabs on high-risk offenders, on keeping tabs on sex offenders. Is that enough? I don't know about you, but I don't sleep a lot easier at night knowing that a group of law enforcement officers, yes, they're doing their job, but everybody is subject to human error. Why not slap an electronic bracelet on somebody? Why not know when he's disappeared, when he's gone to live with a roommate in Vancouver and hasn't reported to his parole officer? Why not? 
Do they really deserve, does someone like this really deserve that level of privacy? What about the safety of the community? Uh, We'd love to hear from you on this. If you've been following this case, your response to this, uh, phone lines are open. Uh, I did find back from 2014, and this uh, was after uh, Raymond Casey had been released, and Doug Elford, who's been in the news in the past few years as well, talking about safety and concerns in the Newton area, commented on the case back in 2014. It's, it's something that could have been prevented. It's a preventable thing. We could have prevented this if we just kept this guy off the street. It, it's, it's a terrible shame. And, and we're, we're just, it's tragic. And we're, we're mad. We're extremely upset. Prevented uh, the death of Serena Vermeersh. Yes, her death could have been prevented. So I want to hear from you. Is the justice system broken? What do you think about these high-profile cases? One, of Raymond Casey, who has now uh, admitted to the killing of Serena Vermeer. She has entered a guilty plea in the second-degree murder charge. He will be sentenced on Thursday. Alan Schoenborn denied dangerous high-risk offender designation, and now we know the Crown will not appeal the court's dismissal of this. Do you think the Crown should have appealed this? Should Alan Schoenborn be deemed a high-risk offender? Uh, Do you think this is a case of the justice system failing the public? And especially if you live in neighborhoods, if you live in the neighborhood of Surrey, if you live in the city of Surrey and you remember this case when this individual was released and the fear and the horror that was in the community when that happened. If you live near the facility where Alan Schoenborn is being housed, are you fearful he is going to be granted day passes Are you fearful of running into this individual in your community? Phone lines are open. We are talking about a couple of high-profile cases, one being that of Raymond Casey. He will be sentenced this coming Thursday for the murder of 17-year-old Serena Vermeersh. My question to you, do you think the justice system failed in that Casey, an ex-convict, a high-risk sex offender, was released into the community of Surrey and uh, it wasn't that long after that uh, Serena Vermeer was killed. He was released with the parole board document saying he was a high risk. He had not been rehabilitated and it was very likely somebody would be hurt and or killed. And that's exactly what happened. What do you think about this case? This is happening at the same time we find out the Crown will not be appealing the court's dismissal of designated Alan Schoenborn, who killed his three children as a high risk offender. And there is another dangerous offender hearing going on right now as well, and that in the case of a Richmond man after he was convicted in a sexual assault and also an attempt to have him deemed a dangerous offender. Do we have any faith in the system that's going to happen? We'll head to the phone lines and get your take on this, and Danielle is on the line. Danielle, good morning. Oh, hi, good morning. Um, I find there used to be a time when life sentence meant life, totally, till the end of their life. They were not released. And I find that these two, I don't know about the one in Richmond there, but the Schoenberg and this guy, they will not be rehabilitated. They just won't. They put a veneer on and they're let out. They will not be rehabilitated, as it's been proven. And they're frightening people. Uh, They should be locked in for life. That's it. That's all. All right, Danielle, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Uh, Patrick is on the line. Patrick, what are your thoughts? Oh, I was, I was saying judges. Who appoints the judges in the first place? And the second thing, judges should be on a term review of judges, say, like politicians or 
anything like that. So if we've got a bad judge, what are we going to do with them? How can we let them out of power? All right. So would you go so as far as to saying you would want judges to be elected? Yes, or reviewed every time, like politicians, like political parties. All right, Patrick, thanks for the phone call. Uh, I'm not sure we put the blame, if we are putting blame in this uh, directly on the judges. And in the case of Raymond Casey, uh, he did serve his entire 22-year sentence, which is a lengthy sentence for sexual assault. Uh, In this case, it was an extremely violent sexual assault. And in my mind, he should be locked up and the key thrown away. But where things fell apart was when he was released. And is that a failure of the system? He serves 22 years. Someone has served their time. When they're done, they are released. But when someone is deemed a high risk to reoffend, why are we releasing them into the community without an electronic bracelet? Why are we releasing them at all? Why are we not automatically deeming them a high-risk offender, you have to stay in jail. We're not putting you back into the community because you are a danger. Uh, At the time, back in 2014, when Suzanne Anton was the Minister of Justice, uh, she released a statement about the case, and this was after the murder of Serena Vermeer. What we can do and what we always do in cases where offenders supervised in the community are accused of committing a crime or violent act is undertake a review of our monitoring procedures to ensure that best practices were followed. This is already underway, and preliminary results indicate that the stringent and significant monitoring processes in place were followed. That said, I know that will be of little comfort to the victim's friends and family. Despite the best efforts of law enforcement, we know... We will never be able to completely eliminate all violent offenses committed by those with criminal histories released back into our communities. But I can assure you that will not prevent us from continuing to strive to reduce these terrible situations. What a load. Are you kidding me? We knew. We had report after report after report from the parole board saying this guy was going to kill someone. We knew this. We have high-risk offender designation. Is this not the exact case that that designation is for? He was a high risk to kill somebody and he was still released, not even with an electronic bracelet. He should have been designated. This is a no brainer. He should have been designated a high risk offender and he should still be in jail. Because you know what? If he would still be in jail, Serena Vermeersh would still be alive. This was a complete failure of the system. Curious as to what you think about this and a couple of the other cases I've men- mentioned uh, here, star 9898 on your cell phone, 604-280-9898 and one 399 is a free call for you. We have time for a, t- a couple more callers if you want to call through on the open line. Uh, Dan is on the phone. Dan, good morning to you. Morning. I... Uh I believe that Canadians are too passive. We're, we're too easy going. We let things go like bypass us, and we do a lot of yakking on the floor or talking to people like yourself, and we don't uh, go to our, uh, our uh, government and raise heck about it. You know, uh, these people uh, that uh, murder, murder uh, young families or young, young children or anything like that, I think that the hanging should be brought back. That's my opinion anyway. When I mean, I know lots of people are going to dislike me or maybe disagree with me, but that's what I feel. So you'd like to bring back the, or bring in the death penalty? Exactly, because I tell you what, we, uh, 
that's the only way you're going to solve this problem that's happening in Canada or, or the United States or anywhere like that when you let people get away with stuff like they do. Why should somebody murder somebody and sit in prison? And I know this for a fact that when they sit in the prisons, they're, they're, they're like kings there. They all sit back there and they, they just laugh at society. All right, Dan, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate your thoughts on this. Uh, even if you don't want to go that far, and uh, to what Dan was saying, to bring in the death penalty, what about the idea that a life sentence means a life sentence? And if you kill three people, three life sentences, not at the same time, back to back. And that means you are not getting out of prison. And I get there are some people that will say, wait a minute, prison is all about rehabilitation. Prison is all about uh, well, rehabilitation, making sure somebody gets better, uh, trying to help somebody who has a criminal past become a contributing member of society. Sure, I get that. But here's the thing. Not everybody can be rehabilitated. There are people who should never be let out of prison. For example, Clifford Olson, who died in prison. Do you think he was ever getting out? No. Is Paul Bernardo ever getting out of prison? I sure as hell hope not. Raymond Casey should not have been released from prison. He showed no signs of rehabilitation. He was a high risk to reoffend. He should have been labeled a dangerous offender. Your thoughts on this? If you want to give the buzz line a call, we can share some of your thoughts a bit later on in the program. The buzz line, 60428, uh, no, 60431 buzz. That's 604-331-2899 if you want to leave a voicemail message there or you can also text the buzz line as well. Got this email from Doug saying the justice system failed 22 years ago when they sentenced a murderer to 22 years. I often wonder how any sentence handed down to a murderer with a number of years attached can be just. They have taken someone's life. If we are not prepared to administer the death penalty, then a prison term that ends when the murderer dies in prison is the only acceptable option. Thanks for that. Uh, One thing, though, he wasn't he was convicted of sexual assault and it was a violent sexual assault. In this case, though, it will be interesting to see what happens on Thursday, because Thursday is the sentencing date for Raymond Casey. So he has now admitted he has entered a guilty plea to the charge of second degree murder that comes with an automatic life sentence. However, the parole eligibility is what is going to be discussed on Thursday at the sentencing hearing. Crown will put forward how many years they would like to see him serve before he's even eligible. That doesn't mean he'll get out and defense will do the same. Neither would say anything, and rightly so, uh, when we talked to them at the courthouse on Thursday, both saying it has to be before the judge before they talk about that. So we'll learn more about the case uh, coming up on Thursday. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.